Warning, explicit nerd-centric material. No, not like that. Cursing. Goddamn degenerates. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of Stay A While and Listen. Uh, this is Brian, and uh, I've got Matt and Candace with me, as usual. You'd think you'd be bored with us by now. Oh, I mean, we didn't make him sign a contract. There's not a lot of contract going on, but you guys do make the life of the show. That's debatable he, for me. Okay. Yeah, evidently he doesn't remember the contract. Do you think that, uh, well, after we how many him, tranquilizers do we give him? <laughs> that's the only way to get him to stop screaming. I never had children, so I don't know how to get people to stop screaming. I just usually use a sedative. Oh, I mean, that is fair. He should be happy. I didn't use the method my parents used with me, which was the baseball bat, so. Oof. But no, what are we talking about today, Brain Dead, sir? Um, <laughs> we're going to bring up a, a topic that's fairly topical, um, mostly on the video game side of things, but yeah. we're going to end up swinging to the... Uh, Collectible card game. We're going to swing towards the collectible card game oh, yeah. side of it. Even mystery boxes with little figures in them. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Oh. I've seen those get out of hand. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about gambling in the nerd hobby. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the ethics of it. Companies stop. It's not ethical. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to get into a little bit of the implications of it. And we're going to talk probably just a tiny bit at the end that, you know, uh, or maybe here at the beginning, that strict definition, gambling is not necessarily the random thing. It's the random for money thing plus value. Well, and and, let's define a little bit, because it used to be that when gambling was, what we know as gambling, like blackjack, craps tables, things like that, and then we, we go into this argument, also goes into sports betting. Mm-hmm. Whether it's gambling or not, on certain websites, is the question of skill or chance, well, and also, do you get a product or a payout? Because if you put money into it, and if you lose, you get nothing, and that's a gamble. But if they're providing a service and you get something for your money, that's one of the arguments that it isn't. There, there's a definite argument to be talked about fantasy football and. Is no, it skill or is it chance? Yeah. Uh, no, fantasy football is not. I put boots of oven kind on my uh, linebacker so that your quarterback can't hear him when he's coming to sack him. No yeah. wonder I keep losing. But no, but like what, what those would do is they would make the, the argument that blackjack, it's all skill. If you're more skilled, then you're going to. So it's not as much of a gamble. It's well, very then at that the, point, it's card counting and. Which is not against the rules, it's just winning, it's breaking their system, which is good enough for them. Yeah. But, for instance, the difference between, say, sports gambling and, like, we're going to get into opening packs or something, right? Yeah. There's the question of skill. A lot of people will say that sports gambling isn't necessarily gambling because if you're more skilled at it, so it's it's competitive and there's skill involved, whereas just cracking packs, it's just not it's not going to change the cards if you have more agile fingers. Yeah, yeah. see, I would like to bring and, up until we my, start uh, talking about weighing Yu-Gi-Oh 
boosters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to do that by thickness, sir. I did not need a scale. <laughs> no, I but did I it by just the feel of the cards. Yeah, yeah, this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but uh, mm-hmm. previously I had come up with my own little definition, which you know I think also applies to this. Is that you know while gambling is based on probability, not all probability is gambling because mm-hmm. one of us earlier had mentioned well then if it's you know all random uh, numbers generation based then would you consider your roles in an RPG I was a dick gambling? and I brought up our skill roles in RPGs <laughs> yeah. mostly just so that we'd have an excuse to talk about the tabletop for two seconds in this topic yeah. because otherwise my topic or my contribution is just opinion based. Welcome to my world most of the time. <laughs> but no. Oh but, come on, they're all opinions. Mm-hmm. Opinions are like castles. But we all have them and they all stink. Exactly. Just, we all have them and keep them to yourself unless otherwise asked. <laughs> but no, um but no, the other thing about it is though that I think is more applicable isn't the question of skill. I think it's a question of uh what you put into it versus what the returns are. Because equity. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, like a a tournament, putting money into a tournament isn't necessarily gambling because of the skill rule. But whereas you're like, okay, if I put five dollars into it, and I get an open, unopened box of whether it be cards, whether it be a loot box, am I getting nothing back, or am I getting something back? And as long as you're getting something, it's a purchase in a lot of people's eyes. Whereas if you put money out and say, hope I get something and you get nothing back, then that's 100% easy to say it's a gamble because you can have a zero return on your investment. Whereas like loot boxes, people will argue, well, they're getting something. They just don't like it as much. We value all the cards slash skins slash weapons that you could get in there as equal, despite whether they're rarity or whatever. A card's a card. Because we can deny the secondary market. You know, it, it, it comes down to the question when you have like loot boxes and stuff of if you're putting money into it and you get something, even if it's not what you want. For instance, I didn't get the rare card or I didn't get the legendary skin, whatever, but they'll make the argument that you got something. So you did get some return on your money. Okay. They'll be like, oh, it's not gambling because we see all the skins are equal and, you know, we don't put a monetary value on them or. You know, magic denying the secondary market. Like, well, a card's a card is a card. But there is a loophole for that. Rarity? Well, normally you could say say all packs get at least commons and commons and rare, but then they made mythics. And not all packs get mythics. But mythic replaces the rare card. And you can, it's very rare, you can get a double rare slash rare mythic pack if you get a your normal rare and yeah. then you get a mythic foil at which point you know jackpot and if you're going to go off the premise of just I bought a thing you got a thing therefore it is justified in not gambling mm-hmm. in that instance I'm going to have to bring up scratch offs yeah, you, don't, you don't get a thing there's nothing you use it for you get the ticket, you get the satisfaction of the scritch, 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 scritch. 
the scratch-offs aren't ever going to pop up as gambling, at least in Texas, for one reason and one reason only. What's that? It's owned by the state. It's a yeah. very, it's a form of taxing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even then. It's a stupid tax. Even then. This was <laughs> yeah, like, I, every, everything that we're talking about today, incorporate whatever's in that box into the functionality of the game, whether it be for cosmetics in a video game or yeah. for actual functionality of magic. But like I'm you just can't bringing play magic up, you know, devil's cards. advocate. Yeah, no, yeah. That's a good thought. It's a good thought. So you know. How do we want to tackle this? Do we want to go by thought, genre or by what's happened? I so, thought we would start real quick with just... Lawsuits. <laughs> well, no, we were going to start with a baseline, defining what is gambling in the first place, which I think we did a good job of. It's the, the packs, job. it's the loot boxes. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit fuzzy. To me... Baseline, my definition is I'm paying you money and I'm not certain what I'm getting. Which might even go so far as to say pre-ordering DLC and stuff. Yeah. Because well, they don't say what the DLC is going to be. They don't tell you. They tell you what the game is. Yeah. But they don't tell you what's going to be in the DLCs. Well, and also I think we should establish right at the beginning of this conversation the true harm of the gambling we're talking about. If it's you have addictive. A place, well, not only that, in Nevada... They don't let kids in. We're dealing with a market that is targeted towards children. Magic cards, as much as you want to say they're adult, yeah, they appeal to adults. We're adults. But they're marketed towards kids. Video games, they're marketed towards kids. Mm -hmm. So now you're. Then they try to justify with having their different product tiers. Even then. Where, you know, your $4 pack is to play the the base game like anyone can play magic because we still have the four dollar pack oh, yeah, but we still have like the entry level pack you know it's if you still pulling out yeah, but it's still built for kids like in yeah. nevada you can't go into a gambling place if you're under the age of 18 and gamble mm -hmm. and what we have you can't this, even go into the gambling floor yeah what we have with these is the problem that it, that occurs is that a lot of parents and this is not all parents but not all parents are created equal or raised equal or know better. And their kids are going to be far more savvy with electronics than they are. Or they'll be neglectful and won't look at what their kids are buying. But you can't keep up with, like, if you have four kids, you can't keep up with it. But then you'll get a bill come in on your Apple iPod or you'll have a bill that comes in on PlayStation Plus or on your debit card that's linked to your PlayStation store. For some $900. Yeah, or some kid has sunk money into these loot boxes because... They don't have the prescient knowledge enough to know what gambling yeah. is, but they have the the lizard brain desire to gamble built yeah. in. Just because earlier this they just year. want that thing, yeah, and, and they, they get, keep not getting the thing. They get the same so they high keep, as a normal gambler would get this I want, I want, I want, and they keep buying it until they're going to get it. You know, just earlier this year, a friend of mine's kid spent $900 on Overwatch or Fortnite skins. Yeah. yeah, which is why I said specifically nine hundred dollars well, because that a whole idea of I want it and I'm going to keep putting well, money in until I get it well, is kind of like ah. Uh, well, it's even I forget, more but, like I don't know if they're called in America, but I can only think of the Japanese name, the pachinko machines. Yeah, you know, you put in a quarter, twist, oh, twist, twist. Yeah, the little. You know, you pop out the egg you can, and go, oh, you have a slime hand, and you go and slap it against the window, and it sticks, and you laugh, yeah. and, you know, you're five years old again. Well, <laughs> one, of the more, one of the more horrible things in the design, if you catch it, uh, you mentioned Fortnite and Overwatch. Two of them have 
desperately different ways that they address because the 900 probably came from Fortnite, and I can tell you why. Because to get a skin in Fortnite, I believe you can buy said skin. Just buy the skin. Here's the deal. In Overwatch... Talking about the difference between Smite and League of Legends yeah. for the ones that I can tell you for fact. Yeah. In Smite, Overwatch, you had to get them in boxes. League yeah. of Legends, you want a skin, buy the skin. Yeah. In Overwatch, you can't buy the skin. You can get the currency to buy loot boxes, and you can gamble to see if you get it in that loot box. And the problem is, is that you are going to spend probably at least quadruple the amount of money trying to get it out of the loot box then you're going to spend just buying the skin. So it's you're another lucky system. lucky if it's only yeah. quadruple. It's another system that forces, in, an, in essence, a gambling system and, for spending. And see, I have an even bigger problem with digital loot boxes than I do with, you know, if we're going to consider boxes of trading cards gambling. Because each one of those boxes, you flip them over, and they give you a breakdown of your chances of getting the cards inside of them. Like, almost all of them do. Yeah, that's another means you know, to that's, dodge That's that. part of the, the legal uh, exactly. protection. The, my Whereas issue with the digital, digital version, like... I'm sure if you go to the licensing agreement, it probably has something, but it's not anything... The, 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 I have two big problems with the digital, and one is they can hide so much... that. that there's just not the laws in in place to protect because no. they haven't came up yet. Well, yeah, yeah. and you have and then it, because have, technology always outpaces the law. Well, and the and other thing is, is legislative something. Sorry, go ahead. And then the other part that makes digital so much harder is it binds on pickup. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, and the other thing about it is, to your first point, is legislatively. Uh, if you have a gambling law that is set in Nevada, for instance, because it's the capital of gambling, yeah. then that works in Nevada. And if you live in Nevada, you're under those rules. If you live in, say, Utah, which has very different gambling laws, it's not like you can just grab something in Nevada and, and in Las Vegas and be like, ta-da, I avoided breaking the law, but it took me a car drive. Mm -hmm. But digitally, the question comes, if you have a seller of like CSGO skins or a company that's based in, you know, Nevada, mm -hmm. and your kid lives in Utah, well, the person who's, pro, you know, propagating gambling is <laughs> fine under their laws, even if it breaks the laws in Utah. So how do you actually prosecute that? Take it one step further. Uh, you want to get into lawsuits. Belgium has outlawed yeah. loot boxes yeah. in digital games. I so, think that's good. Oh, I, I personally agree with you. Even though I'm a sucker for loot boxes myself in Overwatch. Oh. Hi there, kitty. Just to be 100% clear before we continue the recording, all the animals in the house have gone fucking insane. There will mm -hmm. be dog click click in the kennels, and there's a cat attacking everyone's feet and Ooh. trying to play with dice. We've given up. I'm going to fuck up on some of the editing somewhere. <laughs> I just hope I don't break anyone's eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it's they're all, right. all adorable. No, but you just reminded me something that I don't know how it would apply, but I think it kind of does, is that um, Magic GPs, mm -hmm. you go anywhere, the prize support used to be cash. Like, you, here, you won. Here's your 
here's your trick. Go away now. Yeah. Uh, because of, like, because I heard this somewhere else and it just clicked in my head, I don't have the exact memory can, of what it was. So, anyways, Germany decided that, you know, like, giving kids straight up cash, like, an age thing, that, you know, they couldn't do that. So, instead, what Watsi decided to do is, okay, in Germany, then... Instead of giving you this big old fat check of money, we are going to transfer the amount of what you have would have won into, well, you now get a PS4, you get this game system, you get this thing mm-hmm. that is equal to the dollar amount of what you would have won. And a your prize sort of system. Yes. And it actually drove all the players out of playing there because they were in it for the money the money oh yeah absolutely. you know and now you, and now you have given them a solid product or if they want the money they have to go and sell it on ebay or find a few yeah find is, someone is a more volatile market yes because you take you know the, the stable and, thing which is currency and turn it into a fluctuating secondary market, which is used computer games. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, they already kind of had that because, I mean, you know, if we go back to Magic, Judge promos. Do you know what Judge promos were? Oh, that's, yeah. The, that's, uh, the special printing of the cards that the have that little yeah. star swoosh symbol on them instead mm-hmm. of the set symbol. And mm-hmm. they're always an alt art and I think foil. Judge promos go way back. Do you know why there's Judge promos? To bling out your deck. To not no. pay judges, they, no. they were, you'd give them to. He's absolutely right. You'd give them to the judges for their time. Yeah, because working they're, the thing, so that you're not having to pay them. They're not employees because once oh they're employees. Oh my god! Yes, that's why they got rid of. Oh, because once that's a yeah. whole another topic to get rid of the. Um, <laughs> I've told you guys my story about the Pokemon judge thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I touched it on air, too, yeah, so I'm your, not going to worry about your it. Your stack but. of cards that you sold for, like, two bucks a pop saying, I have, like, yeah. three of these. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. another way. Those were all judge cards and promo. And promo that, that's another way that yeah. Magic promo. should have been put to test on knowing that the secondary market exists. Because since they're not employees because they're not going to give them benefits, they can't do any of that. At the time, it was you you get a certified judge, you volunteer, and also you get judge promos depending on how what level of judge you are. And then these judges would go around, some of them would keep their cards, yeah. But then you could go and sell them on the secondary market for a higher price because they're rare, because yeah. there's a scarcity, because they're only given to judges. So it was their way of paying them, air quotes, for actually judging an event. And it worked because they can't they did not acknowledge the secondary market. Yeah, because once once Magic acknowledges the secondary market, they have to acknowledge that there is a difference in value on cards in each yep. of those packs. And <laughs> then when you link together the pricing of the packs between different sets, which are dependent on the cards inside of said packs, and then and because now they're really dipping their toes into dangerous water because take Ikoria from the beginning of this year and the previous two sets that had started it with Theros Beyond Death and um, blanking on the name. 
I don't remember the fairy tale one, but yeah, but yeah, the fairy tale one. Innistrad. No, no Innistrad is vampires. That's well, evidently, there's rumor of Innistrad three. I've, I've I heard love, that going around. Too. I love werewolves, so I don't mind. <laughs> but uh, no, you had your basic four dollar pack, and then you had your collectors boosters, yeah. which you know. Well, and you know how they decide how what they tell people how they decide what's in their their reprint packs, like double masters. They base it upon how much certain cards are used in each of the different formats, formats. and then they claim that by printing these. They are they're bolstering Making them more work. affordable, yeah, and bolstering in, each in of those, those formats, formats so that more people can play in them. Yeah, what what you need to understand though is that they're looking at cost on the secondary market mm-hmm. because you'll if you if you have a keen eye, you'll recognize every now and then there's some cards that they reprint that are just straight money cards that are in a set. Or in a format that is dying out, that there's no way they could bolster it, and not that many people would run it. Like, okay, force a will. Yeah. How many? Think- how much vintage is honestly going on? Not very much. Don't know because of our current our where current, we, we don't, are. We don't run it well. No. Magic as a whole doesn't run a lot of vintage. It used to run a whole lot more modern, and it runs now a new pioneer, new ish. And so, Force of Wills and that. Also, the other reason that Magic glommed on to EDH and made it a product, because now it's a dumping ground for another disguise for Force of Will and cards like that, by going, well, we want to support the Commander players, because we also sell Commander products. If they truly... We've had this conversation before about the secondary market, but... If Magic wanted to kill the secondary market... They could in a heartbeat. They could in a heartbeat by... Uh, oh, okay. absolutely. Here, here's a great example of a card that... There's an argument that people say it's too powerful. But it's also never expensive because it's been printed so many times. Mm-hmm. Soul Ring. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. If Magic wanted to kill the market value of Mana Crypt... They put a whole bunch of mana crypt oh, yeah. at an affordable rate. Put in a mana, $5 pack. Yeah. I was going to say, they put would crypt, put mana crypt in premades. Put mana crypt into two years worth of premades. Yeah. And that price is now tanked at $5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it goes back to the gambling, though, because they, they, they would have their sales if they didn't prey upon people's habituality of wanting to gamble, like the double down principle. Whenever a person buys a box, they buy a box knowing what's in the cards. They spoil all the cards ahead of time. Oh, yeah. You, you notice they've never done a, what's in this box? We'll never tell till you open it. That would be fun, but there's a reason they don't do it. Because they got to give enough hype for people to sell it. And so when they put those really big chase cards in there, people are more willing to buy a box. And then when they buy the box and it's not in there, then they go back and buy another box. I think there is one set where I don't think they spoiled all the cards. Well, I'm saying like any of the cards. Yeah. Yeah. There were 1,600 cards in that set. Before it came out, you could go to... uh, You could go and look and find a list of every card in that set. I remember looking up that list. They're... Woof. Yeah. They're bad about that. Um, And don't for a second think that they get, you know, mystery spoiled with cards in 
they they either release that or you know by leak, which yeah, there's two sources that everyone knows is them, or they do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's the thing though is that you know, like those horrible grainy photos. Yeah, you know, oh. we know more about the magic side because we're more involved in that. But like video games is really the first first time it came up. What is the first like loot box that you can remember ever seeing in a game? The first one that I remember interacting with was the smite for uh, skins. But uh, thinking back as far as dates, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind historically is EA Games and the uh, Ultimate Team online play Madden games and stuff. Okay. You Mm -hmm. drew players out of packs that they were marketed like sports cards. Yeah. Pinning that, by the way. Uh, lint, uh, lint, Jesus. Loot boxes. Not necessarily you had to buy them with money, but Diablo 3, for a very short while, had an actual real cash money um, auction house. And one of the characters in game, her name is Kadala. When she was first introduced in the game, you got stuff from her via uh, blood shards. You could only get blood shards by running shit in the game. But you would go to her, and she was a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. You would spend thousands of blood shards on her and just, oh, that's not useful. Whoa, that looks really nice. Can I have that one back? Like, they changed her text. They drain, changed her drop rate. People were livid at Kandala. Yeah, because when... The and thing, it wasn't even, like, real-world money that was spent on it. Like, you could get these drops and sell them on a real-money auction house, but Kandala herself mm-hmm. was a straight-up loot box machine well, for in-game currency. Just, oh, but she was a Bitch! I sense you're going somewhere with this. What's what's your example? One of the games that is quintessentially a good, because of how long it's been, for it hasn't been along a long time, but there's a change that happened between the first one and the second one, and it happened midway through the first one. I don't know if you ever played Destiny. I played the first Destiny for a couple of months and then hung it up and left it alone. And if we lose one of our dozen viewers <laughs> just kidding we love you all but and saying this destiny's kind of a shit game yes but destiny when it first came out did not have loot boxes destiny one did not yes what was the first thing that they added into it was a premium store that you could go to in the premium store you could buy emotes you could buy dances and you could buy skins right okay. actually not skins paints right? yeah then they made it the shift to Destiny 2, and that premium store was still there. But they had loot boxes. And then they made it exclusive that you could only get certain colors for skins there. And some of the skins, uh, some of the color uh, palettes you could buy with in game currency. Some of them you could only get in boxes. And then suddenly some vehicles you could only get in boxes. So they went from having a we have a completely free to pay play where you don't have to pay anything to get anything you could literally grind out the game and get it all yourself to Mm -hmm. 
okay, you can now go to this place that has premium. Here's some stuff you can grind out and get anyways, but it'll take a lot more. Or you can play premium money, and we'll get it to you sooner. So it goes free to play, pay to play. But you can still, it, there's there's movement between them because you can still get those items, right? To Destiny 2, where you can play it for free, but there's some items that you can't even grind. You're going to have to get them in loot boxes. Now, you might still be able to get some loot boxes by grinding, but we put it at such a rate, because they got called on this in Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. They actually decreased the rate at which you would get money the longer you stayed on. So they were putting a halt to your ability to grind, which would force people to get fed up with the grinding and just dump actual money into it to get the loot boxes that had items you couldn't get anywhere else. But they're going to argue that they did that so that it would curtail people's addictive personalities. It's a yeah. speed bump. See, and here, here's the thing. They did that exact bullshit. same thing no, with World of Warcraft. When you sign off of World of Warcraft, if you're in it in you start getting... Um, Passive EXP. Yeah. Um, it's EXP called bonus boost. or something. It's yeah. called like boost. Rested boost. Rested boost. Yeah. yeah. You keep interrupting me until you remember it. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyways. So you want me to keep interrupting you? <laughs> I will About throw that. something at you. <laughs> Go ahead. We've already because got, we enough got enough bumps. and bumps in this <laughs> episode. I don't think ah. they'll mind one more on your forehead. <laughs> At least that one might make them laugh. <laughs> Makes this weird hollow sound like when you thwap a coconut. <laughs> so, so anyways, originally, it was called something else. It was not called Rested XP Boost. I was wondering it was called Well Fed. Like you well, didn't get it. Okay, Well Fed is a bonus that you get in-game from crafted food foods that you have made yeah, okay. and that is a generally 30 minute timer and it gets better as you learn how to cook more yeah. uh, the rested XP is not time based while you are playing it is time based it is time based based on how long you have been logged out so if you set your ass if you set your ass down at an inn you collect more rested XP because you notice that your little icon becomes ZZZ, yeah. which is, you know, you're getting rested. Uh, and when you leave leave a town, you know, an inn, or if you're in a major town, when you leave it, you see in your little text box, it says, you feel well rested. Mm-hmm. And you get, I believe it's 1.5 XP for all turn-ins, kills, etc. For everything you do on re- while for however rested. long you were off. Yeah. So the longer you are off, the more rested XP you gain. And your experience bar is changed color for this time until it goes away. And then you're just getting regular experience. Now, to explain where this whole change happened... Originally, World of Warcraft introduced it as something else, where it was a, you get half the experience after your uh, rested XP. They changed, they changed how their wording worked. 
they changed it to a benefit instead of a, hey, you need to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because people were getting pissed off for Because they weird... wanted to incentivize it yes. instead of... Instead of it making it sound like a uh, punishment for playing for long periods of time, they incentivized it to be a benefit of taking time off and not playing for 24 hours and going, why can't I feel from my butt to my, you know, well, yeah. mid-calf? I can understand that. I mean, I'd have to look at the duration of time before your, I think it was Jim's in Destiny, before fall off of Jim Drops went. I know that it was pretty, but, well, I mean, and here's another question. Looking at the, the more meta picture, the larger picture, what has this, whether we agree it's gambling or not, done to the actual games and the gaming experience. Because I can give you the example of EA Battlegrounds, uh, Star Wars Battlegrounds 2. Was it one or two? Two. Two. Where you bought the game. Be seeing as I never really played a game that had loot boxes, like the closest thing to gambling is just your random drop. So you would grind a dungeon until the boss dropped the thing that you wanted and... At the end of it, if you're running with pugs, you go, okay, everyone, you know, you type in slash roll, well, and it comes up with a random well, number. Yeah. Well, let me, Oops. Let me, let me make it more. <laughs> Maybe let's take a little bit of the gambling out, but I'll, it's, it's a similar deleterious effect that it has on games. You play Smash. Yes, I do. Okay. Back in the day when I played fighting games, how did you get additional fighters? You know? By grinding out and playing more of the game? You beat the game with certain characters, so unlock mm-hmm. secret ones here. But you would get a game like Mortal Kombat 2. You get Mortal Kombat 2. Because you can see it in the fight. Oh, game. yeah. In order, it, to, in order to unlock hidden characters, you'd have to go through and beat the game with yeah. certain people under certain... Yeah. So the very first Mortal Kombat, some of the early ones like Street Fighter, you just started with the entire roster at the set. And that was the game. Then you get ones where you have to unlock additional rosters, right? You mm-hmm. did that through gameplay, meeting different challenges, going through you know a whole level with perfects to get Akuma to fight you after the boss, and if you beat Akuma, then you get Akuma, right? How do you get fighters in Smash? Well, now there's a subscription. You pay money for them. You pay money. How do you get fighters in Street Fighter Five? I pay have money. No <laughs> pay money. How do you get fighters in uh, Soul Calibur? You build them? <laughs> well, you either build them or you pay money. There's no other way to unlock them. Yeah. They're the DLC of the fighting game, right? Yeah. Now, what has that done to the game itself? Because now you can go online. This is where a lot of people argue in the fighting game. You can go online if you're on the competitive scene, which I would try to do competitive Street Fighter for a while. And then. Oh, I've got real good with, you know, Guile or Ihonda or, you know, whatever. And then a new DLC one comes out. And they're unbroken, yeah. or they're broken and unbalanced. Yeah. They, they start off usually broken. Some of them start off absolutely crap, but they'll be more broken. And now you don't know how to fight it because you can't select the character and, and lab it. You can't, you know, you fight can't against practice it. it. You, you can't, can't practice it. You can't practice it. That matchup's gone. So this tournament, you better know what's in there. So if you want to go online and fight people online... Even if you don't want to play that character, you need the information of that character to be able to fight it. 
So now it's, it's because you need to yeah. know how to defend from I, yeah. it. Yeah, I paid sixty dollars for this game. If I want to be competitive in it, I'm going to pay sixty dollars plus five dollars plus five dollars plus five dollars, and it makes the game a little bit worse for it. Mm-hmm. But now when you have loot boxes, right? The question it used to be loot boxes got away with saying, "Well, they're all cosmetic." I would almost yeah. be fine with all cosmetic loot boxes, but nowadays. They do stuff where they're, well, like, I said we put a pin in this one. I'm going to go ahead and part, pop that pin and then put another one in there. But with the Madden, they were, if you want these characters to go into this ultimate mode, you got so many packs of cards. Yeah. And these cards, the, the players whose cards you collected are the players that you have the option of putting on your team. Hmm. Some players are going to be better than others. Some mm-hmm. players are better than others. And... It got to the point where EA Games is currently being sued. Yeah. Because in order to run competitive teams, yeah. they had to spend so much on stupid real-world money on stupid packs of cards on the, yeah. in the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, and those were gambles. You couldn't just buy the player you wanted. Yeah, I know. And, so, and then we're back to my bind-on-pickup joke, because once you do get the character, most of these uh, games and systems don't have a way that you can trade these digital no. things oh, no. to somebody else. Oh, no. That would wreck it. And that is that spe- would ruin it. That is specifically one of my things of why I find uh, Magic Arena annoying. And like, okay, World of Warcraft does say bind on pickup or bind on equipped. It's always been that way. So. You know what's what, and you're expecting it. Mm-hmm. The Diablo, which, you know, another property, it has, you can trade with someone, like, a, I pick up Mythic Legendary, and I'm like, oh man, this is, this is a wizard item, and I'm running a barbarian. And I look over, and I'm like, wait a minute, Brian runs a wizard, but he wasn't playing with me when I pick this up, so it's it's useless to me, even though he's on my friends list. Only if he's playing with me at that time, which incentivizes, okay, playing games together. I can agree with that. Hmm. But it also incentivizes basically more people on the game. Mm -hmm. Which is forcing your hand? And let's look at another way that Blizzard has, has done this. Let's take Hearthstone. Hearthstone, you get packs with it, right? And there are cards and everything. You cannot trade in Hearthstone. But to sort of circumvent that, well, I got a bunch of these stupid cards I don't want. It's in a class that I don't play. Yes. And when I play Hearthstone, I play Shaman, and I play Druid, and I'll play Paladin, and that's it. I don't care about the other classes. You just recycle the cards? I don't know how this works. Yes, but there's a catch. The way you make cards in Hearthstone is with magical dust. Okay. How long does this dust or, take to grind? Well, it depends. If you buy more packs, you can automatically dust everything you don't use, right? But here's the catch, though. A legendary costs 1,600 dust. Okay. Right? Now, if you have a legendary you don't want, you say, I want this legendary. You'd think intuitively, I'll dust this one and get and this I'll one. And I'll try and gamble for this one. You'll you dust it, you'll though. get 800 dust. You'll, you'll get, get 400. Oh, you're kidding. It takes four it. legendaries. Oh. To make up the price of a new Yeesh. one. So if you oh. want to build a competitive deck and you don't have a lot of money, you can't run for one dust. You get a, you, you get well, a choice. You're losing, yeah, you're losing equity. So 
the money that you put in to get these cards, these cards are either going to stay equitable at the at the value of dust that they have, or to transfer them, you'll lose three fourths of the equity of whatever you put your money into, because you can have a rare collection that goes down by three fourths if you dust it all to get another rare collection. Oh, that is rough. Yeah, and so like every season when I go to make different decks, now I just pick out those three classes. Anything else, I just dust it. I don't even worry about it. I don't, you know, get sad about it. And I stick with those classes no matter what the meta is. God, I wish I had your self-control. In case you hadn't noticed, <laughs> I kind of have uh, attention deficit disorder or uh, Ooh, shiny. acquire shiny syndrome, oh, depending well, on how you want to... Well, and it doesn't even get too into the idea of, like, there's foils of magic. There's golden rares and golden legendaries and that. And I, I don't even mess with it, but... There does come a point that that's a problem because uh, last meta, uh, well, no, meta before last, because last one there was at least in Big and Sean, uh, in Big and Druid. But there were, uh, of the three that I played, Shaman, Druid, and Paladin, they were bottom of the tier list. So it wasn't a good deck inside that you could build with those cards. <laughs> so what do I do? Do I burn off one of mine, like two of mine, to get into one deck in another class? Or do I just set it down and walk away? And I just set it down and walk away say, until, just until another rotation came along. And it turns out Paladin and Druid right now are incredibly strong. And Shaman, which was strong for a long time, kind of got left on the wayside. And then some stuff rotated. But that's the thing. It incentivizes to buy more because you can't buy your cards. You can get it with dust, but you're, getting, you're not getting a one-for-one one value. So they're taking their money, and it's sort of like a surcharge. Ah. <sighs> And it's gambling. Yeah, and I, I honestly, of online games, I'm okay if I know what I'm buying. Like, I don't like the whole money for pure chance bullshit. But honestly, what bothers me more than that is when my money goes in, turns into this random online currency which then gets transferred to this other random online mm -hmm. currency and then i spend it on this thing and it comes and i go oh i don't want that and i sell it and it comes back to this other random online currency and you, and, back. and you go wait a minute after a little while you're like so how much did i just Spend mm -hmm. in real world because it goes through all these weird transfers and currencies and you're like wait a minute how did i go from having say you know a thousand of this to having 300 when i know i spent ten dollars mm -hmm. and yeah, I just transferred things around. How did I, it's a law of diminishing returns? That's yeah, what they use. Where did this seven hundred disappear to? Because you, you'll notice, like you the arena, uh, be wary of online games that have more than two online currencies. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, gold and gems. 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 Yeah, that's gold a filter for diminishing earned. returns. Yeah, yeah. And that I but that I find so shady, and it bugs me immensely. Here's the trick of why, like things like magic, like physical card games, aren't getting hit as much as online. Because think of it this way: when you buy a pack of magic cards, when you buy a box of magic cards, whose cards are those? They are mine. They're yours. If Watsy goes out of business, do they come and take your cards? Nope. Nope. No. I but when forever. you have a game such as 
you know, Overwatch. I got all these skins for Overwatch. Hmm? Well, Overwatch 2 is coming out. We're not going to support the Overwatch 1 except for one more year. When that's gone, do you get your money back? Are those skins physical? Do you have them? Yeah, can you transfer those no. skins? Probably not. If you look at a Hearthstone, you're borrowing those cards from the company that runs the server. They're not your cards. There's Shadowrun has Shadowrun Returns and Year of the Dragon and whatever. Three games on Steam. Mm-hmm. There used to be a fourth one. Yeah. Same engine. I think it was in Boston. Yeah. Shadowrun Online or Boston or whatever, and it was multiplayer. Yeah. The servers are down. Oh, yeah. They no longer exist. Yeah. People spent real-world money on stuff inside that game. Hell, people spent money for that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they can't even play it by themselves on their own computer anymore. The servers are down. Well, it goes back to, you know, when we were talking early on in this podcast about, you know, pay-to-play versus buying a game and how you're renting a game. Mm-hmm. And the trick of it is, is that they don't, I mean, this sounds mean, they don't care because if they can get as much money as they can out of you at the, at the onset, then whether it goes down or not, they're not liable for it. But it, one of the crazy things, I remember this was back in the day, I don't, it was before I even met my husband. Uh, there was a game, and it was something of London is downfall in it, but it is an online game. And the map was set out just like the city of London. You could go around the city of London, and it was invaded by demons, and you had different drops. It was, it was your basic game, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Their servers had gone down, right? They were dead. But you could still buy the physical copies in GameStop. That were used. Oh. They were literally selling nothing in boxes. Wow. Because you could that's, put it into your machine. That's painful. And it wouldn't go anywhere. That's dirty. Because I got it before it went wow. down, but I, I remember it went down because I had it on computer. I remember this is way back in the day if I was still on a computer, but all the servers went down, it was dead and everything, and I just had glorified coasters to remind me of that game. I remember going into there, I was like, hey, y'all have this game. Yeah, it's at a discount. It's like half off. You realize they could put that in their machine, but it won't do anything because it can't connect to a server. I mean, unless you build your own server, this is useless software. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. there's no reason for us to pull it. There's been nothing come down from the head of the company or whatever that's all support. So they're continuing to make money by selling them nothing. Actually, at that point, I would wonder if the servers came down, does that company even exist at that point? And are they collecting on those returns? Or is GameStop just going, oh, well, pocket. No, it's our yeah. money now. Well, no, yeah. the thing about it is, yeah, is that, no, company, that company still existed. It was an offshoot shell kind of company, but it funneled in through either, it was either EA or Activision. It, yeah, whatever it is, it, it's a dirty pull by GameStop. That's why I'm guessing it's EA, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> EA's the devil. Uh, which, you know, um, let's see, we brought up the Belgium, we brought up uh, the EA lawsuit. Oh, and how do you, you think those say. lawsuits should come out, and why? Uh, personal opinion, loot boxes are immoral and should not be in uh, anything that could be even half conceived as marketed to young people. Yeah, but how do you get? I don't even mean 
underage, I mean under the age of 25. Yeah, people with <laughs> undeveloped, completely undeveloped brains. Like, well, how do, you, how do you get to that legally? I think that's the question that gets at it because, like, I'll just play devil. I'd give, I had a loot box and everything. You know, my thing would be it's not gambling because they do get something. It might not be of what they want, but we value everything. and We value the box at this much. And what we put in the box, we value that because we believe that the players put a value on other things. They might be rare, but it doesn't mean they're more valuable. It's a secondary market. It's, it's a subjective view that said thing you pulled is more valuable because it's more valuable to you. But as long as you get something, you bought something. Like, that's the excuse you can use. So how do you tackle that? Um, as much as I hate to say it, I think that the the current legal attacks that are showing psychological studies of it mm-hmm. having a Skinner box effect yeah. is the proper legal attack for that. Yeah. You know, uh, well, that, it, it, it's the same. I think it's the same way that they in the mid nineties took down uh, Marlboro and uh, Camel. Yeah, the oh, yeah. marketing towards kids. One of, the, one of the biggest things that they did was a 300, 300 billion. I'm going to get correct on this. Actually, I don't know if I will. Pulling numbers out of his ass. Yeah, it's over a hundred billion. billion. Yeah, it's over a hundred billion. It's the largest settlement that's ever been done in corporate America today. Was the settlement that the big tobacco industry did? Because one of the one of the terms of that was stop marketing towards kids. You know it's addictive. You know the children. You know it has psychological damage. You know kids can't distinguish it. But like they would say, oh, you know, Camel, it's an adult product. Well, why do you have an animal mascot? And why is he dressed, you know, with leathers on and billiards, you know, emulating the things that a lot of high schoolers kind yeah. of want to look like? Yeah. And why, why are the colors always these cartoony colors? The warm, yeah. the warm purple sunsets and the and I think dark blue night skies. Oh, and yeah. And why I think the boxes are going to lose it is that they're gambling inside a game. Yeah. Like if, like if these loot boxes... Of course, they wouldn't have much meaning, but if these loot boxes weren't attached to a video game, did you just throw in to get like digital things that, you know, like, let's say it's, I don't even think you could do it for like a video gambling game, where it's like, now my guy's sitting at the table playing blackjack, so it's different, or it'd be more understandable than it is an adult one. Well, like, if we're going completely outrageous, unlocking different porn videos, you know. <laughs> But the problem is, is these loot boxes are couched in a game specifically designed, sold to, and marketed to mm-hmm. children. And that's where I think they'd lose the legal argument is because you're that's targeting where a lot kids. Of, that's and, where a lot of them are losing the argument already. I was going to say, they're probably also going to try and draw upon where like YouTube got in a whole hot water as at the beginning of this year or the end of last year. On kids advertisements and stuff. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. The fact that uh, Oh, and different YouTube channels had to have some sort of uh like one of the one of the big ones. And this affects my husband. I I forget what YouTuber it was, but I watch uh, Nerdy Crafter every so often, and she would just blatantly pull out these guys' videos and be like, how freaking dare you? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. And this would be a guy that's like, 
Look at all these cool things like bath bombs and slime kits and all these things that he's directly marketing towards children. Mm-hmm. Bright colors, fast movement, etc., oh, yeah. etc. You know, these janky mechanics of, I'm gonna smash this box, smash, 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 cutscene comes back to a smash box. But he's pulling out a puppy. He's like, look at this cute little puppy. And it's like, that good dude, not cool. But one of them was a sponsorship with this website where he's like, I'm going to randomly put in $10,000. And he's just hitting, you know, I'm going to see what I can get for this much. Click, whoa, I got an iPhone. And mm-hmm. then, you know cut to next scene of him bringing in these boxes and oh look at these Nikes look at this phone and, oh, and it's like dude well, one of the things what is, the hell one of the things that's interesting is legitimate websites and YouTube channels that are adult collectible things that also kids would buy like my husband's big in action figures everything that reviews action figures now has a warning up. It was like, this is an adult collection website, uh, uh, YouTube video. We're going to tell you about the action. They're doing their normal thing. But yeah, it but came down like a hammer. Disclaimer. Yeah, the, uh-huh. that disclaimer yeah. had to come up because it came down like a hammer. Because you'd have those toy review ones that were just kids that would open up boxes and like those, what are they, the, the Kinder, Kinder eggs? Yeah. Kinder Surprise or yeah, whatever. Yeah, those thingies. And those it, things this, that are. Uh, Americans are too dumb to actually be allowed to have. Yep, that's true. Yeah, because they'll just eat the chocolate and the toy at the same time. Some of those (sighs) sites were found to be not only sponsored, but engineered by the people that made the product. Mm -hmm. And they would hire someone and say, we're going to make it look as much like a legitimate YouTube channel as we can. And you pump and raise it. And, you know, Call of Duty... There are people that had Call of Duty stuff on there all the time. It ended up being people that work for Call of Duty, and they're getting kickbacks. So the, one like, that's, mm-hmm. the one that's low-key killing me is uh, my daughter is 10. Mm-hmm. She has her own computer, because what happened spring break? Mm-hmm. That was the day the SEALs came out and played. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I did all the right things that... Uh, tech-savvy daddy is supposed to do. She's got a child Google account that can't get onto YouTube without can only yeah. get onto YouTube kids and what have you. Stuff doesn't connect back to your debit card that she can reach. Okay, guess what, uh... Guess what she does at, uh, Grandma's? Goes on her normal YouTube, and uh-huh. nothing is censored for adult versus child well, content. I don't know, fortunately, my daughter is incredibly... Immature and only cares about looking at like Mario Party play. <laughs> She's watching the how to play the mini games to try oh, yeah. and get better at the mini games. Oh yeah, and the how ah, to play stuff. Okay, One of the cool. things that was interesting that you can look at how marketing is done with that for children is the psychological psychological damage of. Uh, can't remember. It had this like bird horror mask face. Oh yeah, that, and it was uh, telling kids like, "Here's the whatever Momo challenge." Thing. Scary the Momo. Momo. Thing. The Momo Challenge. It, it came out. Yeah, total was, confused face over here. Okay, uh, <laughs> you remember Beetlejuice? You remember where he stretched out his yeah. his face? Uh-huh. There was some... So where he was teaching the people. They were trying to scare them in the attic, and the yeah. guy, Michael Keaton, or not Michael Keaton, the, 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 the plain white guy. 
Yeah, and he stretches out his face real Made far look like and turns a it on. It looks like a chicken, right? I was going to say put, it looks more like a plague doctor's mask, but sure. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now put the Ringu hair on top of that. Okay. Okay. And give it big puppet eyes. And this creepy thing would come on, I would pop up onto a video and... They were children's videos, too. No, they, they, they weren't even... Originally, it was supposed to be for a horror project or something. Yeah, and then it got And then people started splicing it into regular kids' it's YouTube video. videos. And it would say, Hi, kids, this Momo. I challenge you to kill yourself or some bullshit. Yeah, it would start with small and they things. got they got really fucking just blatantly people trolling. Yeah, but it did spiral into that, or you know, and there were several cases because they didn't get to the point where they killed their parents. But it would start with self harm, and and we if can, you want to find the next Momo video, do this, and we can even take this into the into the stupid realm. Let's go ahead and shelve the idea of eating Tide Pods because that's pretty thoroughly debunked as something that oh. never it really didn't happen. Really happened, but it maybe a couple maybe a couple stupid kids. But did. Stupid kids do a lot of things. Stupid oh, kids fake. I was gonna say it probably happened about as much as the few people who drank like a bottle of ninety percent proof isopropyl alcohol. No, I was going to bring up the uh, or injected themselves some, with some bleach. Yeah, but uh, no, I was <laughs> going to bring up the cinnamon challenge. Yeah, a yeah, tablespoon, a tablespoon of cinnamon. Actually, there was a kid that uh, drank an entire jar of nutmeg and fucked himself up hard. Yeah, mm. you know what? You know what'll happen if you try and take a, a powdered cinnamon tablespoon and try and swallow that. It'll You're probably you going to choke on it and sneeze. You're going to fucking choke. Period. Yeah. The end. Yeah, because it's going to start closing up your throat because it's going to agitate it. And it's too fine a dust, and it is physically impossible to do it without drinking or something. Yeah. There were kids that were going to the hospital for suffocation. Mm -hmm. There are people that were legitimately hurt, and they thought this was a fun little... I can do this. Can you do this? And there'd be people editing their videos or what have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smart put, cutaways. Put, put spoon in mouth, cut, cut, cut to next scene, cut. and <laughs> just going, oh, wow, that was spicy and cinnamon. Wow. Oh, well, I was wondering. I don't want to draw it down into farther and farther rabbit holes, but I will make Yay, mention holes. that that Love gives credence to the question of freedom I'll of speech and responsibility. <laughs> and if... Because it goes back to the gambling thing. Because a lot of people claim that it is not the responsibility of the gambling people, no matter how they market it. People should tell their kids to be better or whatever. Which is the same as with the uh, cinnamon challenge that, you know, you're impinging on our freedom of speech. It's not our responsibility what people do with our videos. But it doesn't bring in the question are, that freedoms require responsibilities. There are two analogies that I find really helpful here. Mm-hmm. One of them is just, I don't, I don't know who made the analogy first, but the shouting fire in a crowded movie theater. Oh, yeah, I don't know who made that, but yeah. But, yeah. you know. It's illegal to do it, that. But it's, it's, you know, it's the same thing as crying wolf. It's back to that old adage. But in this case, you are putting people this in is, possible danger. This oh. is not a protected speech. 
And then the other one is, I straight up can tell you this one, I the first time I came across it was the Family Circus. Little Billy and the other kids, oh. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeffy it? and... Who did, it? Who did this? I don't know. Is that one? That's the right comic strip. But no, it was, uh, I'm going to swing my fists. Uh-huh. It's my right to swing my fists. It's not my fault if you happen to get hit. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen that represented in other. Yeah, it's been in you know, other meetings. It goes back yeah. to the adage, "My rights." And that was it. It was also on the Simpsons begins. because yeah. Bart closed his eyes and started swinging yeah, yeah, his yeah. arms, and, and then Lisa closed her eyes and started kicking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the old adage, "My my rights, my rights to end. throw a punch and where your face begin, end where your face begin." But like, yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing, though, is that that line gets fuzzier and fuzzier. When you have things like, I'll give you an example. Um, there is these life hacks, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there is a woman that showed how to pop popcorn using a tea light and a couple of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do it right, it is safe. Okay? You follow her directions, it's completely safe. It had to be taken off of YouTube. Because kids were doing it wrong and starting fires and burning themselves. Oh, yeah. So the question then is, does she have a right to say it on YouTube? Because she doesn't dis- she doesn't determine who watches her videos. And we are, we are producing yeah. media right now. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we say some jokes like, you know, jumping into the street or being infected with toxic waste. Some things that I you think- might do. I think it's well, songs that talk to play. fairly clear that we're making jokes, but you know what? We're small fry, thank God, right now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're nothing. We don't have to have legal uh, services provided by anybody. Uh, uh, we're three random people sitting around a table with microphones just going, hey, what's the idea today? We're just hoping to inspire conversation. Yeah. yeah. So the question then is, is, is your freedom of speech impinged on the audience's ability to understand your speech and or to follow directions well and interpret yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, um, uh, okay. I'm let's, sorry. I got us into freedom of speech out of gambling. Let's get on that. Oh, what about way, the, all the way up and the responsibility of the person submitting such an idea of X, Y, or Z is responsible to a degree. Are they responsible for what idea they have put out there? Like, like all the way to the top, Trump with some of his stupid shit that he has said about COVID and whatnot, mm-hmm. how there have been... The bleach. Uh-huh. Well, here's the, the bleach is you know, spraying shit inside your mouth, you know, be it Windex or whatever. Well, here's the difference, you know, though. I'm, it's, I think it's responsible speech for the woman who had the hatted pop popcorn. Because if you did it, and you followed the directions, it was not deleterious. Whereas, and I'm sorry we brought this into politics, my bad. Whereas I, with I'm Trump... I'm just trying to go as high no, of a level no, no, as no, I can no, for responsibility where, reasons. Yeah, whereas with Trump, if you inject cleaning fluid into you, there is no desired effect that is not deleterious. He didn't say anything true. So he started with something that, if taken, done properly, 
according to the instructions or the ideas he's given, is deleterious, then that's that's bad. Yeah. That will have yeah. a bad outcome no matter how you do it. So bad he's faith. responsible because there's no way to do it right. Yeah. Whereas with her, she's responsible for getting the information correct. But the epistemic responsibility of knowing that this is correct, presenting it correctly. Mm-hmm. And if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. Whereas he didn't take the epistemic responsibility to know if what he was saying was worth a damn, presented it, and now it hurts people because he failed morally on knowing if what he was saying was right or wrong. So, as we can expand upon this, onto the different companies that we are trying to figure okay. out if they are trying to push gambling or not, or not, are do they do studies? Do they look into the the social or the mental reactions or how this can affect people are they doing their due diligence and you know double checking to make sure that they are not preying upon well i can't say here you know and it's at that point how do you even know because you cannot look into your entire customer base and say we can't sell our product anymore boys because 5% of the people that are purchasing this are not feeding their families because they are buying our product. I'll, I'll make two comments on that but you wanted to talk. Well I was just going to say I don't think you can. I think that they can do all the studies and show that they've done the research, but because we can't tell the motivations and hearts and minds of people yeah. from the outside, we can only judge them by actions and results of said actions. Yeah. It's it's really tough. Of which There's we are two. speaking with our credit card accounts. Yeah. There's two ways. Okay. There's the overt and the covert. Okay. Yeah. Now, mind you, oh, gee, I'm getting into moral systems. The way <laughs> you that you knew it was going to happen. I Come d- on, no, I didn't know with this one. I didn't know with this one. I should have known. We planned it. this. So this was a gamble, and we came up boxcars. <laughs> <laughs> so the hey, way I'm that the you, one that actually get, uh, offered this idea. So I'm sorry, everyone. This has gone into morality and politics. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to my moral system being what is called rules utilitarianism. Negative rules utilitarianism, by the way. I I don't care about the happiness of people, I care about minimizing suffering. I can't determine whether the company is a good or bad company, in the same way that I don't believe people are good or bad people. People are people. You're bad mess. people. That but, fucking first magic <laughs> Yeah, you know how we know it's bad by the outcome. <laughs> but no, but how we know if a company, it not as bad, but if it's held in liability, is we look at the outcome of the actions that they've done. So we look at the overall harm versus overall good. Now, when it comes to the company, there's two ways we can tell though. One, which we did with cigarettes, is if it was ever stated that they knew that the harm was prescient and possible. And didn't do anything to mitigate it. So was nicotine addictive? Turns out they knew nicotine was addictive before they then targeted to minors. It was in a lot of the internal memos that were actually pointed out. Yeah. Or, barring that, because we don't know if they've done the studies for these loot boxes, barring that, 
if they are aware of the harm that it has done, and if they've attempted to mitigate it or change anything in lieu of it, or if they're just going to suffer it as losses that they don't have a problem with. And so with the loot box ones, it is pulling teeth to get them to even admit that there is harm. So it shows an unwillingness to change in the face of actual studies and information that a third-party group will bring before them, which is usually the states or the country that they're being sued in. When they have people come up there as psychologists and be like, here's the psychology of gambling. We know the psychology of gambling. Here's psychology of children. Here's some cases of it. Here's studies we've done. So third-party studies then being presented with the information, if they do not do something of it on their own, or they're doing doing only like hand-wavy sort of bullshit stuff, then it doesn't matter if they're good or bad companies. They're, medi- they're, they're propagating more harm in lieu of knowing that it's harm. So we might never, never be able to know if it's intent, like we intend to make money and we don't care who it hurts, or they're just bumfuck stupid, which is why I always think Trump's not evil, He's a fucking idiot, but it doesn't matter because the outcome is still the the same. same. Yeah. And so you look at like a bumbling guy who has like colored egg stuff and he's the sweetest guy in the world. And it's shown that his formulation for that causes like, you know, developmental problems in children. He didn't mean for that to happen. And they then tell him and he's like, well, uh, just put a thing on the label that says don't get near the children. Then... You're not evil, but at this point, we have to say that you're immoral and we have to stop it. Even if you're not a horrible person, we still have to stop you because you're causing harm. Whether you're good or bad, you're just an idiot with eggs that you paint that doesn't know how that a label doesn't stop children from painting eggs. Okay, so um, just because we're we're running up onto that time, uh, I want to go ahead and... I'll turn into a fish. Ask a pointed question. I've got to get home somehow. Halibut. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that, that makes that sense. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's never surprised when they learn what kind of fish I am. I'm the world's saddest animal. <laughs> it's your husband's fault. It he is. changed into an animal. <laughs> <laughs> he threatens us with halibut. You are a halibut. The world makes a little bit more sense. It does. Yeah. Um, oh, I just throw them at you. We're, we're going to... Okay, point of question. We're, we're, we're going to turn around and ask, well, where do we draw the line? We can't honestly say that packs are a bad thing. And we what enjoy with, them. What with a lot of us buying them yeah. this very week. <laughs> Looking over across the table of one individual. I don't know what you're talking about. I've got packs. a mystery box coming in Friday. Do, 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 uh, do, 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 do. <laughs> Uh, I I know nothing of the yes. tube light steel colossi that I have in a binder. No, no. <laughs> well, and I can't say it's much better than me buying singles because I do buy singles, but I buy singles. I'll buy this. I want this. It's five dollars. I'll buy this. I want this. Is it this? Because I'll go throughout the day building a deck, and it's not the same psychological problem as gambling, but it is a different psychological problem that they've. They've engineered. I look at the end of the month. Yeah, I look at the end of the month and I'm like, "Oh, that's where that 200 went." Oh, damn it! Yeah. But where your question being, where is the line? Where where do we draw the line? Like personally, I don't want to see digital loot boxes ever again. Yeah, God no. 
I, I love I love Overwatch, but they can do it better. I, I personally I love the idea of as far as the pay side of multiplayer games, I do think if they want to make money on extra material besides the $70 AAA game, uh, that cosmetic skins for money is fine by me. Yeah. Especially oh. if you know which ones you're getting, like League of Legends. No, yeah, because you can't, at that point, you can't technically be responsible for someone else's lack of self-control. Yeah. You are offering a product, you whether someone yeah. spends it on your product or the food that yeah, they you need didn't to engineer to egg them on to <laughs> buy more. <laughs> you For just that went, matter, this is a shiny. For that matter, League of Legends, I think, is the company that's done it the most right. No. Yeah. Buy your shit. You Get want out. this skin? <laughs> buy this skin. Oh, a couple years later, we introduced this thing where, oh, you can buy, uh, you can buy boxes or... Keys to unlock boxes, whatever. Woo. Same or, thing by a different name. <laughs> or you can earn the keys in the game. Yeah. And when you unlock, you get random shit. And if you don't like it, you can break it down for stuff that you can buy what you want. Or you can break it down for a slot machine roll. Yeah. Well, and see, like, that's damn good. That, that I method. really like games that offer you the choice to fast track your chances and buy with money or you can grind and it won't take you you know well see that model is a model of resource management between time and money so if you have more money than you have time back when i worked in the prison mitigate it. <laughs> or if you have more time than you have money you can mitigate it. so they balance league of yeah. legends riot games has done it really well and much as I don't love that game anymore, much as I don't play it anymore. You can get a server up and you should play it. I, I'm quite proud of their uh, the way they handled it. Well, because their commercials literally are correct. It is free to play and not play, you know, pay to win. Yeah. Well, and... And you can earn the... You can earn... The ge- from just playing the multiplayer modes, you can earn the gems to unlock the the, the heroes. The yeah. heroes, you can unlock a good chunk of the skins that way. Well, here's okay. Well, I would draw the line. I I don't like giving money for question mark box. Yeah, that's where I personally draw the yeah. line. Well, and where I would draw the line is the. And I know Overwatch is going to say, well, we do it this way. You can earn gold now and tiny trickles amount to get your own loot boxes. It's an extreme version of mitigating, which is too far that it doesn't. But what gets, what, where it draws the line for me is that it's accessibility for children. Yeah. Versus yeah. it's, it's inability to stop when started. Yeah, because if I if I I don't have any kids, and thank goodness, I don't have fish have kids. But well, the mommy fish lays a bunch of eggs, and then the daddy fish spunks all is over this, them. Is this why we at our house haven't found any eggs yet? Is that yeah? Kids are not have any eggs. We've I think the dog keeps eating them. That's all we've been doing. That's all we got. We just go into the clouds of spunk, but there's no eggs. There's no eggs to fertilize. And too sad. Well, they're not sad fish. 
they're they're quite happy they just don't get. <laughs> but no, but I mean, if I had a kid, I you know, you a kid's personality, you can't just teach them something and they know it and be done with it. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, you can teach your kid responsibility, but don't make it a fight against the parents because the fight is it looks shiny. It's just one loot box. Wee! All the things you want in the world. Wee! It's it is tempting them. Mm-hmm. Don't oh, yeah. make it a temptation. If it ever becomes where it's a temptation and you're selling it as a temptation, don't. Just have a friggin' store market that has like, here's the skins. Yeah. It's gonna be somewhat of a temptation. But we know that gambling is addictive. There shouldn't have been a reason there's gambling in a game, except for, for the profit of the house. Because that's always how gambling works. Yeah. That terrible example I brought up a couple weeks ago or whatever in conversation, if not on the podcast itself, we went to the fair. Mm-hmm. Daughter wanted a big Pikachu. Yeah. I go up to the guy running the uh, game and I said, yeah. hey, How much uh, is it? Let me t- uh, two seconds conversation. Yeah. My daughter really wants that. You and I know both know the truth. How much is it going to take for me to win that? Mm-hmm. He gave me a dollar amount. Then I went back over with the wife and daughter, and I do five dollars for the first try, five dollars for the second try. I got up to twenty-five, and I said, "He goes, yep, <laughs> won the damn Pikachu." Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing too. It's like if I get it, loot boxes are not without return of money. Mm-hmm. But if you have rarity systems and you have, because you can make any digital trash to put in those things, you cannot, you can't convince me that there is returnable value for every box. Like what gets me with Overwatch? Here's a spray you can have. Go home, go home tonight, or you know, if you're at home, uh, look up any any video game footage of Overwatch of any Joe Smoke playing it. Nobody gives a shit about those sprays. Nobody's. There's some that they're fun, and they're fun for two seconds, but nobody cares about them. But why are those sprays in there? To dilute the pool of probability for you getting something valuable, because they know it's valuable. So what those are is not value. They're by definition meant to be not value. Yeah. So you can't look at me and say, all these loot boxes are valuable. No, you're manipulating the value of each loot box, because you made enough things that weren't valuable to make a scarcity on the things that are. Mm-hmm. Everything in those loot boxes everyone wanted, no one would be disappointed when they open one. Yeah. You know, it's the same way with a lot of card games. I mean, I'm not going to go into all the magic stuff because we don't have time, but the value of things is based on scarcity, and they will make it more scarce to make it more valuable, and to make it more appealing. there are such thing as short-run cards. Just because a card is... Any level of difficulty, be it a common, uncommon, rare, or mythic, there are short-run commons that are going to cost, instead of your seven cents, you know, your 75 cents. Your two dollars if you're a fucking, you know. Hey, Yu-Gi-Oh, great example. I think everybody will understand this with minimal translation. Yu-Gi-Oh had common, rare, super rare, ultra rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rarest card from the first series of blue of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Blue, blue Eyes, Eyes Legend, Legend yep. of Blue Eyes, 
the rarest card from that first set, Polymerization. I was going to say Karibo. No. Polymerization. Really? Karibo came in a starter. Yeah. Fair. Karibo came in a starter. Karibo was a super rare and was a short run super rare. Yeah, but in those early days, if you wanted to play professionally at all, you needed your polymerize. Polymerization was a short run rare that I had three of the secret rares before I ever got a polymerization. Jesus. It was that short a run. Wow. And those are those rare scarcities are manipulated by the company. Yes, they are. They won one hundred percent. Uh so in card games I don't think we have an answer. I, I really so, yeah, I yeah. really don't. Except for something physical. Getting rid of collectible card game uh trading card game altogether and just having the uh the here's the box and draft yeah. on the box where you every yeah. card is in the box and you know which cards are in it. Those drafting and deck building games, which frankly I love them, but they don't scratch that same itch, do they? No. no. Well, and even if you had that, even because if you they're had extremely it. repeatable, they don't have you know new cards coming in. They, they lack the ooh new shiny hype. The punch. Well, yeah. and here's the other thing: I, that you can't do that with magic because even if you kept the block standard, and you had all that, and instead of selling packs, you sold a box with four copies of every card in it. I was gonna say, you know what's it, gonna happen? Wasn't unsanctioned huh. kind of like that? Which way no. kind of went? No. What's gonna happen is is that box is gonna be expensive. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be limiting for the number of people that can play. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're going to knock out a good portion of your player base because, well, i got to buy the box for this season. Chunk. Mm-hmm. The only reason Magic can't keep surviving without doing something like that is because of the secondary market they're unwilling to admit exists. Because <laughs> yeah. people yeah. just build decks with the cards they want. Well, they legally can't admit that it exists oh, because... It you know, they wouldn't have put Force of Will in ma- modern uh, in Double Masters with new art if they didn't know that how much it cost. Especially when you can get a full art foil version of it, which right now is running somewhere the gambit of five hundred to six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and is only only available as that full art foil. Notice I'm saying foil. Foil specifically in the $100 VIP packs. No. And nothing sells a product. More than that. Why is people looking at the secondary market? Because, like, it's the potential. Yeah, it's the problem that I have with with boxes. It's because I'll always be jealous of what you pull from boxes, but I'm always unwilling to buy boxes. Here's why it's not like I don't want the cards that are in there, but I got a game out and be like, ooh, I want to get that card, but I. I don't buy it. Well, that's more than a box, but if I bought a box and pulled it, I'd be making money. I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. I've decided I've got one coming in Friday, and probably next month I'll get another one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a couple boxes of mystery boosters, and I'm going to cut down my single buy. Why am I buying a couple boxes of mystery? To give me a base of something to build from. Yeah. Because I've been buying nothing but singles the entire time. Would you have a base to build from? Then you can go into singles a lot easier. 
I've yeah. done nothing but buy singles, but that yeah. means every deck idea that I want, everything that I want to build, you gotta, I you have gotta fund nothing. it. Yeah. Shell out for well, it. Well, and yep. like the example, I'd love to buy a box, one box. I want to buy a jumpstart box, partially because it it pacifies my brain in that one certain area by going. But I could open it, and we could each get two packs, and we could play the way Jumpstart's meant to be played, and it'd be fun. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Oh, I'd be glad to play yeah. that, that with you. I think that would be a really fun that idea. Would, that would, that would legitimize me buying the box. you really want to get that tiny Fucking bones. tiny bones. I was going to say Critter Hoof, but okay. <laughs> uh, similar, uh, similar conversation here. Um I don't know if it was just a bad set, bad run, what have you. You just commented you got War of the Sparks. You bought a box. Yes, I did. Because you want to build planeswalkers. Yes, I did. You had a shit box. I'm aware that I had a shit box. I don't want to be mean, but I looked at it and I was like, oh, she needs a hug. Okay, here's <laughs> the thing. When I priced out the cards here's... that I wanted out of the box, it was $20 short of being the cost of an actual box. I got all but, I think, one or two cards that I wanted out of said box. But I all of those things that you box, called, personally. quote unquote, chaff. To you, they're not. That's what she was going for. Is a whole bunch of things that are going to fill in this deck that I'm building, along with all of these other cards that now, oh, you need one of those? I got a couple of commons of those. Oh, you need one of those? Here you go. And I have this building base but for making gonna... all sorts of these different random decks. I like having the ability to go into my stuff and not have to go to a website to just go, Oh, I'm pretty sure I have one of those. Go through my filing system of cards and go, yeah, I got that, and pull it out for myself. But where I was getting with this is when I went, when you said you were looking into buying War of the Sparks, I went and I looked up the singles price list for the whole release. Yeah. There wasn't a huge money card in War of the Sparks that I saw. No, there wasn't. The one that, when it came out, was Nicobolus. Yeah, but the planeswalker, but he's ten bucks. There's he sold at eighty. There's now. there's a twenty dollar, twenty four dollar, thirty dollar uh sorcery. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There I there's one or two of those. No. Okay. Yeah. All the money cards from that set that are left that would be considered money cards were all promo release, they were all mm-hmm. game release, they were all uh what, what did we determine it was called? Box Buy a box promo. Buy a box tower. Yeah. yeah. That is the way I want sets to all look like. Every card in the set is... Okay, yeah, sure, there are four or five cards yeah. that are cost more than $15. Yeah, the only thing that annoyed me was our particular store still was charging the cost of the box... From the original from the price yeah, point of the sucks. release, because well, our yeah. owner is... We're, we're, we're branching off to new things, so... Yeah, we're, we're just going to trail off into grumbles here. <laughs> Actually, we're going to trail off altogether, I think. We've got plenty of time on the books, and I'm not going to say how much, because I know I've got to edit out at least six, seven minutes of dog noises. Yay, puppies. <sighs> But you know what? Uh, we don't have a recording studio. And we're having fun with this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Spread the word. The give some reviews. Make us look good. 
We're not asking for money yet, so take that. Yeah, we don't have a Patreon, so... Technically, technically, we do, but we don't offer any rewards and we don't have any donors. <laughs> see, see, I would find it hilarious if we were like, and if you would like our uh, audio quality to start improving, you can start sending empty egg crates to P.O. Box. You know what would be fun to put up on Patreon? <laughs> record, like have an overhead cam and record our pregame. EDH matches. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> I have it as a Patreon bonus. Oh my god, if you like so that I, <laughs> If you like that idea, drop us an email, send us a, a comment on our Facebook or on our website, because I've got a comments blog on the website. Who knew? Let us know if you like these ideas. You'll I think get uh, to see our horrible chewed Helga, you know, fingernails and cuticles. Yeah. Yeah. Depression uh, and anxiety for the win. <laughs> we were we were talking about maybe doing a, a, a month long series on how to play a different RPG or whatever. Mm-hmm. A good little bonus at the end of that would be an actual actual, an actual play. Yes. Uh huh. But these are ideas to talk about later when we actually give a damn about monetizing this. Right now, we just want people to listen. So tell a friend, grab your uncle. They don't, you grab your grandma. She don't know how to program her phone. Just give her the download. <laughs> Let it play on the background. It'll be fine. We'll talk to it. it it'll, it'll make my it'll ego feel work. better. It'll make my ego feel better. And Turn it on for your need. birds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your dogs are sleeping in their, in their kennels. Let, uh, play, the, play our podcast and they can listen to the dog noise in the background. Exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, we're going to go ahead and thank Kevin McLeod from Competech.com. For faster dozen dark sea land. Anybody else got any last things to say? No. All these prices. Somebody call the puckets. Oh, Mrs. Puckett, you are so gorgeous.